Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge is a member of the Pulse Podcast Network. For easy listening of this and other great podcasts, download the Pulse Podcast Network app free from your app store. Good Wednesday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Drew Fluffy Coe. And Philip Fizzy Barton. And it is probably the most uh, important day in, in uh, at least college football. It is National Signing Day. Yeah. Um, well, kind of Signing Day Part 2. Uh, I yeah. think the the December signing day has kind of taken away some of the uh, the shine from from February, but still an important day. Still some big names out there. Uh, still a big day for a lot of programs, though. Oh yeah, you got the you know you got the top prospects. Most of, most of them signed today is uh, usually what happens this way, and then you got you have the ones that hadn't. Uh, Fully committed and uh, graduated early, signing today. Some a lot of the some of these recruits sign, you know, they graduate college early or high school early to get to to spring camp. This is more for those guys who you know kind of waited down to the wire. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I'm a huge fan of the early signing day because you know there were there were so many recruits that were uh, enrolling early anyway. Yeah, um, and and signing early you know kind of it kind of puts them oh as we speak uh tennessee just landed a five-star offensive tackle but we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> but, uh, but um yeah you know it kind of locks a kid in and if you notice most of the coaching moves especially assistant coaching moves don't happen until after that signing day yeah so it, it, to me it, i'm 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 not sure but um you know, still, again, still getting back to today. Still a big day. I've got notes scribbled down. I've been following it pretty much since last night. <laughs> so you'll have to bear with me. I got, I don't know if I'll be able to read my own writing. <laughs> well, we'll get to all that in a second. If you're new to our program, we talk about three things in life. We mm-hmm. talk about beer, cigars, some good old college football, because NFL is over now. Yeah. And, you know, we can... You know, news is going to get kind of scarce here and there between, you know, now and, you know, August. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot, we got a lot of filler time in, in the meantime, but today it should be a decent sized show. Uh, yeah. We're going to get things kicked off with the beer. What are you drinking today, Borden? I'm drinking a, uh, from a Foothills Brewing Company. It's called the Torch Pilsner. It's a, a Bohemian Pilsner, uh, crisp full flavored got a nice little bitterness to it uh but nothing you know nothing too strong um like i said it, it's made with czech style no uh czech size hops so it's not it's not your typical pilsner you know so but uh it's a, it's a good beer uh definitely recommend it okay well i'm drinking a a beer called full nelson of virginia pale ale it's from the it's uh, from the Blue Mountain Brewery. It's out in, uh, uh, I think it's from Arrington, Virginia. I mm-hmm. can, yeah. So, so it's here. It's another Virginia beer. I've been getting a lot of more of these Virginia beers lately. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I am in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink local, right? Yeah, drink local. <laughs> that is the thing. Um, as far as pale ales go, um, I I referenced one a couple weeks back, and I start, and I said it was probably the best pale ale I've had in a while. Yeah, this is pretty good too. I think it's just my taste buds. Like you know, as you get more in the beer tasting game, your taste buds change along with the types of beers you like. You know, yeah. it took me forever to like IPAs and even stouts and porters. 
And I think it's starting to become the same thing with pale ales because I used to not really care for pale ales too much. And now this is the second pale ale I've had in the last couple of weeks that, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, maybe my taste buds have changed a little bit. It's got some citrusy. It's got a little bite, like as soon as you uh, bite bitterness to it when mm-hmm. you start, start drinking and then it gets crisp and cool towards the end of your, t- uh, your sip, you know. Fully recommend this beer. Uh, again, it's a Virginia beer, so sorry, Barton. I don't think you can get it. But... <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm right there with you. As you know, you say your palate changes, your taste buds change, things like that. Um, especially now, now I find that there's there's beers that I used to despise. Yeah. Now, now that now that I can drink without a problem, I actually, you know, I was at a brewery this weekend, first time I'd been there, and I was looking at the menu. Uh, and the guy was like, you, you know what you want, or do you want any samples? And I said, you know, I, no, because um, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to drink whatever I get anyway. So, <laughs> but, well, you're, uh, mi- you're missing out this weekend, actually, because, uh, you know, the brewery I like to go to, Young Vets, they're coming out with some wine barrel-aged uh, beers. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a couple of them on Monday afternoon after we got done with our show. Yeah. They gave me a little little taster real quick, and man, you can definitely taste the red wine in it. It was some Pinot Reggio kind of stuff too. So, <laughs> so like, if you're heading, if you're uh, in the local area of uh, Hampton Roads, uh, look out for the three beers that they're coming out with this weekend. So, um, so we got the beers now. What kind of cigar are you pairing with that? Um, I'm going with a San Cristobal Fabuloso. Uh, yeah. If you paid attention to our social media, I would have gave a little bit of a hint of this last night um, yeah. as I enjoyed this, enjoying the nice uh, warm evening and all. But um, it's all Nicaraguan everything. It's a mm-hmm. wrapper filler binder, all Nicaraguan. Um, it, it's, it says modeled after a Cuban style flavor, like a you know actual Cuban cigar, which is which I thought was delicious. I mean, it's a lot of coffee, buttery kind of flavor to it. Um, it says it's a full cigar, but to me, it was more medium. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't extremely spicy or you know extremely harsh or anything like that. Um, uh, but a very enjoyable cigar. Uh, I definitely am going to go pick up another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I actually got this next cigar from another buddy from the brewery we go to, and mm-hmm. he's an avid listener. So shout out to Stogner. Um, he actually woo woo Stogner. <laughs> he, uh, actually gave me a Mont- I got another Monte Cristo. So okay, uh, yeah, uh, a Petit Tubos, and mm. uh, the flavor is going to be more on the smokier side. Like it's going to be, it's going to be more of a harsher burn. Yeah, it's a not a f- completely full cigar, but it's going to be a cigar that you know you can at least almost up to two hours of the burn. Um, yeah, and I've had I, I've had one of these before, and they're. They're pretty enjoyable for me. Like I, 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 it's a perfect beer for you know either smoking with a beer or you know a glass of bourbon or what or whatnot. You know, yeah. That so, per, per, I, it's a Monte. You can't go wrong with Monte Cristo. So oh no, beer. absolutely. That's I mean that's the premium name or one of the premium names in cigars. So, and not super expensive. Like it's going to cost you about nine bucks for a cigar. Yeah, they can so. get expensive, but you know it can. But you know. <laughs> When you're when you're when you're a cigar smoker, you know you're you're willing to pay probably about ten bucks a cigar. Let's, yeah. Let's so you're paying about that much for a cigar. So, so we got the beer, we got the cigars. 
Let's get down to it. Uh, we'll get into National Signing Day here in a second. Mm-hmm. But we got some big news. Uh, one out of uh, Tallahassee, uh, DeAndre Francois getting picked off the team this week. I, I'm not sure if it's team rules or whatnot or a domestic dispute from what I think I've been hearing from his uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Yeah. But uh, I kind of – I mean, it doesn't kill uh, Florida State, I think. Because they were already in uh, deep as it was. And uh, the quarterback they got behind him actually got experience when he tore his ACL mm-hmm. that first week against Bama a couple years back. Yeah. So, and he was a very, he was a very highly talented recruit. So, he had a year to sit and watch uh, Francois this year. So, I don't see it being a terrible loss. It's probably just going to hurt him, you know, as far as recruiting, like, as far as next school goes. Yeah. Um, I think it goes without saying that, you know, if everything is true, accusations are true, absolutely right call. Get him off the team. He should be done. But uh, mm-hmm. f- as far as a loss on the field, I don't think it was much. He, they, I mean, until they figure out how to protect the quarterback, they're all just going to get their ass tore up anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, exactly. They, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's a big loss on the field either. He, he wasn't playing incredibly well anyway. And, well, he had such a he had such a stellar freshman year. Yeah, yeah. He had such high hopes going into his sophomore year before he t- tore his ACL, and now he'll be a senior this year. It's like, man, like how he how he went from you know so high to so low now. Yeah, and and I think Justin Blackman is pro is not their quarterback like that's going to win them a bunch of games, but he's more than capable of replacing DeAndre Francois. A lot more mobile, too. So, mm-hmm. like you referenced that offensive line, you know, it helps a bad offensive <laughs> line, a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, um, going on from that in Tallahassee, we're going to Mizzou. You know, they got a bull band. They got uh, sanctions against them this week. They um, did. That, and I don't know if that – is it going to really affect Kelly Bryant staying there or not? Because, you know, he's only got one year there. I, he won't I, be able to play in any bowl game. Well, he, he come out um... – not long. I mean, it was just a couple of hours after that uh, postseason ban was announced. It said he was staying. So, undoubtedly, he sees something at Missouri that thinks that he could, they can develop him to the next level, or either he just he just loves Missouri. I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, but. well, here's an aspect of what I just honestly just thought of is the fact that you see a lot more and more of these players take it, skipping the bowl game anyway. So yeah. unless you know, I don't see Missouri, you know, fighting for SEC or national title this year. But he's he's going to no. have the whole regular season to, you know, showcase what he has for the pro scouts and everything. You know, and then obviously he now he just now he just has an excuse not to play in a bowl game. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they won't be yeah, in one sure. anyway. But um, I think a bigger issue like with this is. First, don't even let me get started on comparing what Missouri did and what North Carolina got oh, away yeah. with because that's that's another conversation for another time. But that is as absolutely crazy. Not saying Missouri didn't deserve to but be punished. To that- but the, the fact that North Carolina got away, got a slap on the wrist, got nothing. Like, come on. But anywho, I digress. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that probably. That sounds like a great topic for next week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think a bigger issue is the f- not so much the bowl ban, but Missouri's 
losing scholarships. They're losing official visits. They're losing unofficial visit time. They're losing scouting time. Like there, there's more than just a bowl ban going on uh, to Missouri, which you know, as a, as a South Carolina fan, I see pro, uh, program like Missouri a lot like ourselves. You know, had some moments, mostly been a mediocre program trying to build itself. And when you start taking away official visits and scouting time, that's a killer. Yeah. Um, with all that, it's kind of hard to, like, man, I don't know, man. It's it's hard. It's hard to say like who's really at fault. Is it this? Is it's really just hurting the players on the team, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, the NCAA just needs to get their their act together first of all. Like they 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 do. It's it's the, the NCAA is the biggest joke as far as a governing body there is. I mean, I, I just – I keep going back to the North Carolina thing. I mean, they, 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 found, they found emails of professors changing grades for athletes. They found plagiarized papers. They found classes that weren't up to standard. But, you know, somehow nothing comes of it because they stuck a couple regular students in those classes. Yeah. You know, and made them seem legit. And then basically were like, oh, yeah, uh, there were a couple of classes that weren't up to standard, but that's not going to happen again. The NCAA is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I saw a documentary on Net- Netflix actually had a documentary about this. And out of those North Carolina students, they had one student that, you know, was a, you know, on honor. He was an honor student. He was on the dean's list. And somehow they punished mm-hmm. him and cost him his scholarship. Yeah, so I mean, and he wasn't a, he wasn't an athlete, right? He was no, he was their student. fullback. Oh, he was the fullback. Okay, <laughs> so it's like who, you're punishing the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, uh, the players and stuff are good because think about it, if you're a college student and you go to class. I mean, me and you both have been to college. If if you go to cl- if you go to a class and they say, hey. You're you're just gonna have to show up two days a week and you get an A, or hey, you're just gonna have to do this minimal amount of work. You you're not gonna question it. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I love this class. <laughs> like so, and, and and what sucks is at the end of the day, they may not the players may not know what's going on with the stuff like mm-hmm. this, but they're the ones that end up getting punished. Yeah. So I you know I I don't know the NCAA. There's, there's, I could talk for three days about the NCAA. Yeah, we can go all day with this. So, but yeah. outside of all that, like we referenced at the beginning of our show, we have signing day in the books. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you go ahead with your, with your uh, input on signing day today? Well, I'm gonna start with uh, today. Uh, some, some, some of the more major players that have signed. Today. Okay. Um, so, starting this morning, uh, four star. Uh, defensive end Chris Bogle, number three defensive end in the country, number seventy-one overall, flipped from Bama to Florida. Uh, five-star wide receiver George Pickens, uh, number four wide receiver, number twenty-four overall, flipped from Auburn to Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, five-star running back Jerron Ely, not early Ely, number three running back, number twenty-nine overall, committed to Ole Miss. Four-star Kier Elam. The number six cornerback in the class committed to Florida. Uh, uh, I'm going to say this one with a little bit of pride. 
four-star Jaquez Sorrells, the number 14 defensive tackle in the class, commits to South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Four-star Henry – I'm going to botch his last name. Uh, He's number three outside linebacker committed to Tennessee. And just now, as we began recording, five-star offensive tackle Darnell Wright committed to Tennessee. So, a lot of flip-flopping as far as everything is concerned. Yes. Um, so what, what I would like to do, I'm going to go through my top 25 and what I do, I base my top 25 on average player yeah. ranking, uh, because there's a, to me, there's a difference between quality and quantity. Cause a lot of times you'll have a class that gets up there in the rankings, but it's because they have 29, 30 yeah. recruits. Well, did they, did so ESPN this, have Ohio State at 17? Yeah, Ohio State, and most of them, uh, I think the last one I look, I, I get my, personally, I get my numbers from um, 24-7, because that's a composite ranking, it kind of puts ESPN and rivals everything kind of yeah. together in their own little formula, but they had them at 13, mm-hmm. but if you look at their average player ranking, uh, it's actually third best okay. in the country, but they, only, but they only have 16 recruits, which pulls their overall ranking okay. down. But um, just let me roll through this real quick, and uh, you can tell me who you who you surprised mm-hmm. to hear, uh, maybe who you think the big winner on signing day was, um, maybe who you think the most impact, uh, the class that'll make the most impact in their first season. So number one, now this is up for debate because Rivals has Georgia number one yeah. right now, but but number one is Alabama. Shocker with twenty. 20- yeah, with 27 total recruits, three five-stars, 23 four-stars, and a 94.3 player a- uh, can, average. Nobody can recruit like Nick Saban. Can we just say that right now? Nobody can recruit. Yeah. Like, nobody <laughs> no, recruits they can't. Like, like Nick Saban, man. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if they lost in, in the national title game or not. They're still reloading every single year. It doesn't matter how many players that they're sending to the NFL draft every year. They just reload. So whenever they so whenever they start like saying, "Oh, is this the end of the Alabama dynasty?" Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey Wingo. Oh, just shut no, up. That was the best. That was the best <laughs> thing ever. Oh, we'll reference that again later. But God, that was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, number two is Georgia. Twenty-four total. They have five five stars. Average player ranking of ninety-three point three. They actually have. According to 24-7 now, they have the number one player in the class, Nolan Smith, uh, defensive yeah. end. Uh, number three, I have number three, Ohio yeah. State. They only have 16 recruits, but they have a 92 per player average. That's, a lot. That's pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just behind uh, Georgia. Um, Texas, number four, 24 recruits, two five-stars, 15 four-stars. Uh, 91.8. They have Brew McCoy, which is the number nine at, uh, overall player in the country. Interesting about Brew uh-huh. McCoy. He signed with USC in the first signing yeah, period. But then flopped. And, and what, what was, he was enrolled in classes, and Cliff Kingsbury, who was hired and then, you know, went on to coast the Arizona Cardinals. So Brew McCoy put himself in the transfer portal. After after only being after only not even not even going through any practices or anything, just being enrolled 
for a few months. But he is part of this class, and he is a huge get for well, Texas and uh, that Tom and well, Tom Herman. That, like a lot of these times, these coaches, these uh, kids, like they go to the school because of the system that they're going to play for, and the coaches that you know are pursuing them. Now Kingsbury, you know, mm-hmm. the, obviously the recruit was going there probably for Kingsbury's system, and he's like, okay, I'm there for this coach. And when he leaves, he's like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. I'm going to leave, mm-hmm. and he has every right to do that. He does. Well, he he said that Cliff Kingsbury was very instrumental in his mm-hmm. recruiting, and and he he had a had a he connected with Kingsbury. So when he left, I mean, hey, he went ahead and put himself in the transfer hey, portal. That's... You know, two months after being yeah. on campus, um, perfectly fair. <laughs> and now, you know, Texas being with this recruiting class, like I know they had a very you know they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and all of that. Can they, mm-hmm. you know, keep this, you know, rise going? Can they be a throne of Oklahoma? Well, even though they already mm-hmm. beat them last year once, so, you know. But can they, you know, couldn't they win that Big 12? I I yeah. think so. I th- they have I a think, lot I mean, of you know, as we, as, next year, too. As, as, we get, as we get into our, you know, later, of course, a couple months down the road, as we get into our conference previews, um, uh, Texas is going to be uh, – uh, Texas going to be a contender. They, they – they, yeah, they, they're going to be okay, contenders. So keep keep so, going. Uh, number five uh, is I have Auburn. Okay. Uh, two five stars, 12 four stars. They got a 91.4 uh, rating. They need they need that recruiting class like this after a disappointing year from last year. So, Well, it's, it's also one of those that are a little bit lower down because they do only have 20 yeah. recruits. But, you know, in a Fizzy's rating, they're number five. <laughs> Uh, Oklahoma. No, Florida at number six. Wait a minute, I got my I got my stuff messed up here. I told you, I told you, I can't read my own writing. I got Oklahoma at number six. Okay. Uh, ninety-one point two rating. Um, of course they're going to recruit good. I mean, it's Oklahoma. That's to be expected. Now I have Florida. I have Florida at number seven. Mm-hmm. Florida is the biggest mover of the day. Uh, when they started, they were 11th in uh, per-player ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seventh now. And I think, actually, in some of the overall rankings that take everything into mm-hmm. account, they've actually moved into the top Jeez. ten. So, they, they've had a big day. Um, Chris Steele. One of the best cornerbacks in the country. Huge gift for that program. Uh, yeah, just th- to me, they're they're the big mover, the big shaker of the day. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to go through all of these because I mean that'll take forever. But just some uh, some names to point out: uh, Michigan, Big Ten team. There's I got him sitting okay. at eleven. Uh, Oregon's having a very good recruiting class. What Mario Cristobal is doing up there is awesome. He has uh, 26 recruits, a five-star, has uh, four 11-stars. Got Kavion Thibodeau. Uh, ESPN actually has him ranked as the number one player in the country. Uh, 24-7 has him as the number two player. He's a defensive end. So that's uh, that's a pretty big gift yeah. for them. Um, as we move on down, I have – uh, Tennessee 12. Now, Tennessee's going to make some moves because of that. I don't have 
the new recruit, the five star that just committed mm-hmm. them, uh, factored factored in. But right now, I have them at twelve. Uh, Oregon at thirteen, Notre Dame at fourteen, Washington at fifteen, eighty nine point eight per recruit average. Clemson at that's 16. really low. Yeah, Clemson has twenty nine recruits Jeez. at an eighty nine point seven per recruit average. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they do. I mean, they got some good kids. Their their top recruit is Andrew Booth, a cornerback. He's the twenty third cornerback in the country. Um, you figured that you would think they would get like you know a top ten all around recruit, but they just are not getting there right now. Yeah. Um, overall, now again. My rankings are based on per player average. I, I want to keep, you know, reiterating yeah. that. But um, overall, I think they are in the top ten. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to have around like the eighth or ninth best mm-hmm. class. But when you look at per player average, because they do it, they have 29 players. So when you average it out, like I said, they're, they're sitting around 16 in the country. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I have Florida State at 17. Um, I could talk about this team all day at 18. I have South oh, Carolina. Oh, yeah. They have Zach Pickens, the uh, number eight prospect in the entire country, defensive end. Um, I, let me just talk a little <laughs> bit about them because <laughs> this class is – I love the top part of this class. They have a number of kids, uh, Cam Smith and Ryan Helensky, who could be considered – who are borderline five-star players. This this class is very top heavy. Now I'll be interested to see how some of the lower prospects in this class develop. But um, uh, as as personally as a South Carolina fan, I, I'm pretty pleased yes, with you that. Be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Mississippi State at 19 with an 88.6. Uh, 20 Arkansas, Arkansas with 26 players. 11 four stars, 88.5. Uh, to me, this is going to be the biggest impact class. You think so? Uh, the uh, two and 10 last year, some of the players, yeah, I mean, uh, Chad Moore's clean house, mm-hmm. like a lot of players left from this year's class. So, I, playing time has to be what he sold. Oh, yeah, to these recruits because this, this is an excellent a, a two and 10 team. Having a top twenty mm-hmm. class, I mean that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Nebraska at twenty one. Uh, I have Miami at twenty two. Um, Ole Miss for me jumped into the top twenty five. Uh, they have they have thirty one recruits, but they got they got the five star running back Ely. Okay. Who uh who who bumped their player average up to an eighty seven point six, and rounding out no 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 just before Ole Miss is my twenty five team, just before I wanted to build a little I wanted to build a little suspense oh, for you. Oh God, it must be Wisconsin. Just be, just before twenty five, I have Wisconsin as my twenty four team. That's surprising. At, at eighty at eighty seven point eight player average your top player in your class logan brown offensive tackle number 17 player Go in the figure. entire country you know our top recruits and offensive yeah. linemen. you know <laughs> well so what i want to do is i want to go through these top players real quick and i want to see if you see a recurring mm-hmm. theme 
Okay, so I'm just going to go down the top 25. I'm not going to say their names or whoever, but I'm just going to go down the top 25 that I have and their top players. And I, let me see a recurring theme here. Defensive end, defensive end, defensive end, athlete, wide receiver, linebacker, linebacker, defensive tackle, cornerback, cornerback, safety, defensive end, safety, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, cornerback, cornerback, offensive tackle, defensive end, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, offensive tackle, and running back. So it's all about the trenches. We, <laughs> we, well, I was about to say, we're about to be playing some defense in college football. <laughs> It's amazing how many of the defensive players. And not one, you know, and not were, one starting, were, not one quarterback recruit in that whole spiel. And the top twenty-five. Now there are some good quarterback. You know, obviously Tua, uh, his younger brother, is one of the top ones who's going to Bama. But as far as these teams and their top recruits, it's on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. That's very surprising. That I'm surprised there's no court, like quarterback in that top twenty-five. Is the highest recruit there. So mm-hmm. you know, like you know. And a lot of it was like defensive line and you know offensive line, you know that's where that's mm-hmm. where the trenches are. That's, and especially with the national title game being the way it was, that we referenced like, and even uh, how we were talking about the Super Bowl is like it's going to be gate one in the trenches, and you know that that's where your that's where the game begins at, and that's where it ends at. Whoever wins there it's, wins the game. It, it's funny as for as much as football changes as far as offenses and how you defend it. It really doesn't change. No, much, it does doesn't. <laughs> win it, win it at the line. Play some defense. You're, you're gonna golden. win some games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as everything else is concerned, like you know, and like uh, like Barton referenced earlier, like when the season gets a little closer, we'll we go we'll go through like the big conferences and you know break them team by team and everything. But we got way that's way down the line. Thinking about that now. But <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's great to see, like, you know, we talked about how sad Monday was. Well, you know, today, you know, it brings you up a little bit, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Well, well, let me, let me, let me ask you mm-hmm. this. So, as I went through, you mentioned me say a, uh, a key word a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, stars. Five star here. Five star there. Four star. What is your take on do on the uh, do stars matter? They do and they don't. I, I'm gonna say that right now because they <laughs> do in the aspect in the aspect of like you can physically te- look at a guy and see if he's like oh yeah he's he's gonna be a stud like you know you reference your guy Davion Clowney when he was coming out of high school five star recruit mm-hmm. without a doubt like it didn't even matter like it didn't oh, even yeah. matter. One you of the can, top, one of the top by all recruiting services yeah. ever. And you can, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, no, it's true. <laughs> but like, as far as like, you know, I I can bring Wisconsin into this. We how we never get five star recruits. So I think this is the first time we've gotten a five star recruit into linemen. So you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but as far as Wisconsin, you know, we, yeah, we had an off year this year, but we had a consistency of getting ten wins, and we we're, we don't pander to the five star recruits. We pander to more of the four, like a couple four stars, and mostly th- build our team on threes and two stars, and we still produce, you know, you know, ten wins and keep and, and are very competitive in, as far as the Big Ten is concerned. You know, obviously, we're not going to get like the recruits like Michigan and Ohio State can get because, you know, they can just get these five-star recruits just with their names alone, you know. 
But yeah, also Wisconsin and teams like that, you recruit to a oh, yeah. system. Of course, like, I mean, you look at Army this year. Like, of course, they. I mean, they won what Army won ten games, eleven mm-hmm. games this year. Of course, they didn't have a top twenty-five recruiting class the oh, past no. couple of years. But they recruit to a system. It's just like when Georgia Tech. I mean, they ran triple option. Georgia Tech is not going to have a top twenty-five recruiting class, or wasn't. Well, it's surprising that under Paul Johnson, Notre Dame's in that recruiting class. Just for the fear, sheer fact that they had to keep up with the academic side of things. Yeah. Uh, another team that is actually surprised that they recruit as well as they do is Stanford. Yeah. They don't accept early enrollees. They UCLA. Yeah. That's uh, like with all these players that want to re- go in early and go through spring uh, spring ball and everything like that, like that, that has to hamstring oh, you yeah. a little bit. But they're – Stanford is one of those academic first schools. You will, mm-hmm. oh, and I greatly appreciate that in an aspect. But they don't, they don't. <laughs> there's a bar for them, and they don't go below that bar. You got teams like, and you got teams like Miami who, you know, will get whatever they can, you know, however they mm-hmm. can. Even Bama like tries to finkle down with that sometimes too. With you know, they don't exactly get like, you know, on the dean's list type athletes a lot of the time. So I mean. But at the same time, we're talking four-year universities. Uh, people, people are like, "Oh well, this school is more academic than this school," and I get that. Stanford, uh, teams like North, uh, schools like North Carolina, and stuff like that. Duke, they have high academic standards. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's four-year university. Yeah. You're getting an education. You're going to get a good education, no matter what oh, school yeah. you go to. I don't. I mean, you're going to get a decent education. But to get kind of back on point. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat with mm-hmm. you. I, I think stars matter. They do matter. It's been proven that, I mean, when you look at teams that win national championships, they have highly ranked recruiting oh, yeah. classes. How do, how do they rank recruiting classes? By assigning their players stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the more stars you have, the higher ranked your recruiting class is going to be. So I think they do matter, but at the same time, they're not the end all. I think I, w- I think I was a which, quarter star coming out of – I think a I was quarter a quarter star. star. I think I was just one oh, big star. Yeah, yeah, I was one I was giant star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and when I say stars, our stars aren't the end all be all. I look at a program like Wisconsin, who typically is is just a three star recruiting school. That's kind of what y'all get. You like I said, you get some four stars here and there. You got to do a five star this year, but you typically get a you know three stars and. You recruit to a system, you still win regularly. But um yeah, stars absolutely matter. For for every for every three star that's you know goes in the NFL draft, there's gonna be two, three, five stars oh, yeah. so. so I mean it it, it, do, it matters and it doesn't. So like like mm. what we've been saying. But I think it I think it matters more than it doesn't yeah. though. Because it's like I said, it's been proven that the higher higher ranked kids are going to be the better college football player. Now you could cherry pick, you know. I can I can go look through any recruiting class and pick out a Mitch Mustang, uh-huh. you know, who's five star kid who never amounted to shit. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, uh, there's a well, there's a well on the yeah. football field. He may be doing real good for himself. Well, like Noel De- Noel Devine <laughs> was a five star recruit, and look how he didn't really have the greatest career at Virginia Tech. Or not Virginia, West Virginia. 
West Virginia. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that where you, that you, if you're a five star recruit, you got you have to earn your five star recruit rating in college. Well, and and another argument that I, I love to hear is people say, well, there are more three stars drafted, you know, every year in the NFL than there are five stars. There's not that many five stars, stars, first of all. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's the first thing I get there. I'm like, well, there there are ten times as many three stars. That's like saying there are more car crashes than plane crashes every year. <laughs> that's I mean, that's because there's more cars on the road. I mean, <laughs> so, jeez. Oh, so I was referencing Trey Wingo earlier today. Well, I guess you brought mm-hmm. Trey Wingo today, <laughs> and I posted a video on our Facebook page about. Wingo on uh, Golik and Wingo, their talk show in the morning about people complaining about the Super Bowl. And I don't get it either. I'm, I was right there with Trey when he was going through his rent. I was clapping as I was watching the dang thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it had me too. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it was awesome seeing him so infuriated that people are complaining about how boring the Super Bowl was. Shut up. I mean, <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was really I saw mad. A vein pop <laughs> like, out of his head. It was that, it was so it was awesome to see because he was genuinely showing how agitated he was about so many people complaining about the Super Bowl. You're not gonna have an awesome Super Bowl every year. That's what this generation is being spoiled with. Because think about it, every single year you're pretty much it's been pretty solid as far as Super Bowl is concerned. There hasn't been that many, and yeah. I think we touched on this before we actually talked about the Super Bowl a couple weeks back. And we've been so spoiled with how close and how good of games the Super Bowl has been, they forget, like, in the 90s and in uh, 80s, they were blowouts almost consistently every single year. So, yeah. like, the fact that we, it, well, this was still a ball game up until the two-minute warning. So, the fact that they're in, yeah, it might have not been the high-power offense that, you know, everybody loves nowadays, but it was still a very competitive game the whole way through. Well, uh... Let, let me try to say this without getting myself in trouble, uh, be politically correct. During the Super Bowl, there are a lot of Super Bowl parties, viewing parties mm-hmm. and things like that. And you, you typically have a lot of people never watch the game. Who, tip, who don't watch football watching the game. Mm-hmm. And um, so they say it's boring. They start out like, you know, it's boring. This was boring. This was boring. Well, you don't watch football. People who don't understand the game of football don't realize that that was not – okay, I can get where you say maybe it wasn't the most entertaining, but if you understand the game of football, if you understand defensive football, oh, yeah. that was an awesome yeah. game. Because it was – there was not a whole lot of – and I hate the fact that, like, people are talking about it like this and the fact that there was not a whole lot of penalties in that game, at least not no, no controversial penalties, that's for sure. Maybe mm-hmm. probably one on roughing the, like on a like a hard hit there towards yeah there yeah. towards the beginning which, of the game which yeah okay it it didn't matter and that's you know reference back to that you know uh, Saints Rams game in the championship game oh if that call had happened in the end of the game that would all hell would have broken loose with that one so <laughs> but you know as I digress but like. It, it's football, man. It's the big. It's still the biggest game of the year, and yeah, it's not going to be awesome every single year. We've been very spoiled as far as fans has been concerned with how awesome these last couple Super Bowls have been, and it's fine, fine. And even though I don't think it's boring, a lot of people think it's boring. We were probably due for a Super Bowl like this, eventually. Now I'm glad it's not a blowout, 
if it was a blowout, everybody would have been complaining about it too. So it's like, okay, would you rather have a close, low-scoring game or, you know, a bunch of touchdowns and uh, it's a blowout? I would go with the close, low-scoring game. And like we said, how are you enjoying our national sign? Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as, we, as we backtrack to yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what uh, what that what, – uh, no, I can't wait for the new season to start already. It's already gone, come and gone. Uh, yep. But, you know, we do have some football, the Alliance, American Alliance Football League. The Alliance of yep, American Football, is. yep. So if you guys are, you know, still missing football, like it's only been a couple days. So, <laughs> but there is football uh, on this weekend on CB. I think it's on CBS Sports. I, I believe it is. I. I don't, I, I'm not sure what channel. It's CBS. Um, they ha, they they have something. I think there's two games Saturday and two games Sunday. I believe the way yeah. they're going to do it. But there is some but, football for you fans if you are you know really hurting for that much football. And I think arena football starting here soon too. So you know you have that as well. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, um, a lot of these recruits that we're talking about today, yeah. uh, a lot of these recruits that we mentioned. Um, are going to end up in the Alliance of American Football, so you may you might want. To... Yeah, if you want to watch Trent Richardson, <laughs> but, but I believe that's all we got for you guys this week, folks. Uh, for Philip Fizzy Barnum, Drew Fluffy Coach, you guys drink responsibly out there and have a great weekend. Cheers, folks.